0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Be'ezez Hashem, Shalom Bayez, Shear number 408. We discussed last uh, Shir regarding how two people can love and care for each other, but without uh, divine force, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu there to connect the two eternally, it won't last, because two strangers with two different personalities, um, and a man and a woman differing so much biologically and emotionally and psycho- psychologically, and with so many transitions in life, we need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence to connect the two, to keep it everlasting. And Hashem set it up this way, that two opposites should live together and maintain a relationship. And the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this for us is so we should overcome our naturally um, selfish um, aspects of ourselves, and to go beyond that and to create a divine pleasure of a counterbalance of holiness and connectivity that is spiritual that connects the physical into the spiritual we are created with a strong animal nature which we're not supposed to destroy but rather channel and transform it into a a higher level of awareness and a higher level of behavior and that is one of the purposes of Yiddishkeit. It's one of the purposes HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed us in this world to control our passions that it doesn't spread out to destructive things. And by the way, Hashem designed it that to enjoy a really truly healthy physical life, in Olamazeh even, you want, Hashem designed it in a way that if you overindulge, it will cause misery and bad health and negative aspects even in the physical realm so even physically to enjoy oilamaze truly enjoy oilamaze there needs to be a healthy balance of learning how to control that animal nature and not to allow your passions to overcome you that will hurt you physically but and spiritually certainly but even physically so that's why in the Torah, we have so many halachas and rules and, and guiding. Hashem guides us in our eating habits, in the way we work, in our family values, in our finances, finances in our marriage. All of these halachas transform our, selfless, our selfish desires into being more selfless and giving. For example, if you earn a livelihood and you accumulate weight, wealth, That's a normal, healthy endeavor. But when you give tzedakah with that wealth, when you're honest in your business dealings, you are elevating that physical need of earning a livelihood, that physical need of accumulating wealth, you're elevating it to a divine service. There's a saying that says that making the animal into a human is a great miracle, but the truth is it's a miracle that's within our hands. Our job is to make that animal into a human, and which means to develop our spiritual nature, to know how to channel our animal nature, and by doing so, we fulfill Hakadosh Baruch plan in creation, in making a place for Him that where the Shechinah can dwell, and especially in a Jewish home between a husband and a wife. We need to know how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us humans specifically with Etzellam Aleykim. We are not animals. Animals can be trained to exhibit certain behaviors, but they cannot change their nature by cognitive means. And um, a human being can change their conduct by making decisions. And Hashem gave us the Kayecha Bechira, And we are not programmed just to be a certain one way. We have the ability to transform ourselves and to overcome those animalistic tendencies within us and to um, create a higher life for ourselves and to understand all that men, we said, are naturally bound to pursue prestige and power and pleasure. Women seek to pursue achievement, appearance, and affection and they need that for their self-esteem, but we also have a and within us, which encourages us to live by values based on Taira, by our inner awareness, to learn how to channel our animal inclination, and let the godly part of us lead the way. So, the idea behind all of this is, have a realistic expectation of your spouse, and you can learn how to handle situations in a constructive way by bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu in your marriage. When you bring Hashem in your marriage, your chances of making it and thriving will improve dramatically because Hashem wants that and with that, anything can happen. With that, opposites blend. With that, there is a tremendous amount of shulling. Another concept that we're going to talk about today is that in order to make a marriage work, Bringing Hakadosh Baruch Hu in, of course, like we just said, but it 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 has you have to work, you have to make an effort. What's sad is is that in Western countries, over half of all marriages end up in divorce. It's a very alarming statistic, and although in the Jewish community, in the Orthodox community, it's less than that, but it's still an alarmingly high rate. And what's interesting, and it's very concerning in a way is that a lot of these divorced couples remain good friends. Now, you, now that, you would say, is a good thing, you know, that they're not fighting, okay. But in a way, it's a very alarming thing. Why? They go out to dinner once in a while. They could have coffee together. They could have normal conversations. And um, when you ask them, why did you get divorced, they'll say, we weren't compatible, which is hard to understand because if they're able to be friends now, they must have been compatible. It's more likely, though, that they were compatible, but they didn't want to give to each other what they wanted or what they needed. So rather than working it out, divorce was an easier option. So the idea is is that you know the the divorce tire allows. It's an emergency exit, not a back door. It's used only if a relationship becomes intolerable intoler- and staying married is more damaging to everyone involved, including the children than ending the marriage, and it's something that you need to ask an objective professional and a a, a rov that's experienced in these things to ask these type of questions of what can or should be done in those situations. But if a divorced couple is on friendly terms, then the divorce was probably avoidable in most cases. And... Now, of course, when one is, the divorce does happen, it is an Indian to be cordial with one another and try to get along for their own sakes and for the sakes of the children. But the idea, though, of, you know, that they go out for coffees and they become like very good friends, that, that shows that inherently the marriage could have worked out and they just chose not to. What happens in many cases, and we have to look ourselves in the mirror very often, that we sometimes, a couple, feels that they want to commit only to a relationship that makes them feel good. They were not prepared for the sacrifices that commitment requires and the effort that it requires. So as a result, uh, many, many get divorced when one or both realize my needs are not being met or my expectations have not been realized. So, or another way to put it, as Rabbi Aaron Lane puts it, that basically um, the party initiating divorce stopped saying, I love you, and began to say, I really love me. Now, I know it's more complicated than that, but for many divorces, this is in fact true. Rebbe once said to an unmarried woman who talked about their matches and so on, and basically said, you know, you're reading too many romance novels. Love is is not necessarily an overwhelming, blinding emotion that you find in the world of fiction. Now, real love is an emotion that does intensify and deepen throughout life, but really what it is, it's the small everyday acts of being together that make the love flourish. It's the sharing, the caring, the respecting of one another. It's a building of life together, and a family, and a home. And when two lives unite to form one, over time there's a point where each one, husband wife, feel a part of each other, and they don't cannot visualize a life without the other at his or her side. So it's really key to understand this, that marriage can, can thrive only if both spouses, both husband and wife, are willing to work on it together. In order to do that, you need to be proactive, not to be just on cruise control. Take charge of your achrayas, of your relationship. Take charge of your relationship. What does that mean? So, for example, a male self-esteem, generally, we said this before, is prestige, power, pleasure that's important to him. And very often, a husband's self-esteem does not necessarily depend primarily on his wife, Um, you know, as long as he's healthy and he has some status and he has a normal way of living, he could feel fulfilled and he'll be able to focus on making his wife happy and content. And for a wife that needs affection, or husband needs to know that if he gives that affection to her, makes her feel loved, makes her feel cherished, makes her feel cared for, then she is filled up and then she has the ability to direct her energy towards her husband and give him his self-esteem and his respect of what he needs. But the husband has to do his part. If he does his part by giving her affection and by giving her everything she needs, then she will be able to focus on giving him what he needs. So the idea being it takes two to the tango. They're both you know, responsible, husband and wife. But a husband has a very serious responsibility here because he strongly influences his wife's feeling of self-worth. A husband who treats his wife with dignity, with respect, with love, with kindness, and gives her attention and affection and appreciation she desires, she will become happy. And in turn, Kamayam Pana Lapanam will shower a lot of love and respect towards him. But if he neglects her emotional needs, and focuses on his own personal life and interests, then she will be miserable, and in turn he will be miserable. Someone at Taich very interesting, the three things that you go back uh, from war is a person who built a home or planted a vineyard, or was Makadish a woman, but did not um or inaugurate his home, did not harvest his vineyard, did not marry her yet. This part of the army. And then it says Vesimach Sishtaya ish Shalokach. All of this is for the purpose of bringing joy to the wife he required. You could say that the home is connected to prestige or covet. You could say the vineyard is respected to power because it's the idea of wealth. And a wife is compared to the idea of pleasure. And the Torah is telling us, don't forget to bring joy to your wife. The Torah is telling the husband, provide her what she needs in order for her to feel satisfied, in order for her to be happy and this is the opposite of what most people accept as the formula to successful marriage it's a Tully a husband needs to know that he needs to do a lot it's not dependent on the wife yes a home is based on the wife each one needs to look in the mirror at themselves of course she needs to treat her husband in a healthy way but the husband needs to learn how to treat his wife in a healthy way each one needs to do their part and but a husband needs to know i mean a wife generally speaking it's more natural for a woman to be caring and giving a husband generally needs more effort to provide his wife with affection and attention it's not his nature generally speaking and it's very very important men generally are Again, we're making generalizations, but it's true most of the time. They're not spontaneously more uh, nurturing as women are. By nature, women express their love more freely and derive their deepest satisfaction by devoting themselves to their husbands. But taking care of others does not come as spontaneously or naturally to men as as to women. You see this even with little boys and little girls. Little girls spend a lot of their playtime with nurturing activities, little boys don't do that often. But it's very, very important as a husband, as a male, when it comes pertaining to his wife to go outside of his nature, outside of his normal nature of, of, of not being as nurturing to become very nurturing, to turn towards his wife and nurture her and become emotionally warm towards her and supportive of her. And if a husband does indeed do his part in providing emotional support, the wife will usually fulfill her part as well. But he needs to do his, his part in a real deep way. Coin to Kabbalah, it's brought down. The male is a giver, the female is a receiver. Husband like the sun, a wife like the moon. And therefore, if she is dark, the moon is dark, it's because the sun, the husband, did not illuminate as much as he had the ability to do so. And what one needs to understand is, is that when you do give, then the wife will give 10 times shower, like beyond, back to him. It's similar to the rain, which is like the husband, and the earth, which is compared to the wife, that she's macabre. She accepts the rain, and she accepts the sunlight, she accepts the nutrients, but she's not passive, She's a makabel, but she's not a passive makabel. She, in turn, gives back to him the trees and the beautiful fruits and the vegetables and the nutrients and the and the and the gems and the oil and and the and the and the, and the spring water. Everything that the earth produces from the earth itself, all that bracha. So it's ba- it's giving a tremendous amount. This is the error people make by thinking that. A nice thing a husband is giving, and the and 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 the wife is just static. She just is uh, is is just receiving and not doing anything. She is one of the greatest givers. You see that the earth receives the rain and gives produce and and tremendous tremendous bracha. But the key is though is that the husband needs to give first. The rain has to come down. The husband needs to be mashbia. If he's mashpia the right way, gives her what she needs the right way, then my ponamol him, ponamol him, come back. And it will come back to him with hundredfold of bracha. But he has to do his part. He has to make her feel wanted and, and nurtured and needed in order for her to feel safe and good in order to give back to him freely. Bracha and atzlacha.